You're listening to Tottenstown. Welcome to the Tottenstown Podcast, your Tennessee Titans podcast for the Pigskin Podcast Network. My name is Tanner Staggs. Joining me, as always, my brother Tyler Staggs. We've had some time now to, to process everything that's happened, and now it's finally time to get back onto the show, talk yeah. through things, <laughs> and, and talk about it. But first, Tyler, tell everyone how they can support the show, oh. as as we probably need it right now, because, yeah, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> well, we, we need that. be playing. Oh, we need that little pick-me-up here. I mean, let, let's just be honest. And just to show everyone, we do read our comments. I had someone say that we're going to have to shorten this link up for the merch. But you're going to have to go check it out. And unfortunately, we can't make it any shorter. When we've tried to make it shorter, it doesn't actually carry you through all the merch that we have available. So you're going to have to go to titans-time.myshopify.com dot com slash collections slash all i i know that link's long but just i find, promise find you find it in the description that's the yes, best thing I, you I, can do find the link in I, the description it, it'll be in the description of the audio version of the podcast and the youtube description it'll be there just go copy paste take you right to it simple enough now if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast whether it be on stitcher spotify apple Podcasts, whatever podcast platform you listen on Make sure you rate us five stars. Make sure you're following the podcast. And make sure you leave some comments there. Let us know how we're doing, ways you think we can improve, or just what you like about the show. If you're watching on YouTube, scroll down. That subscribe button, if it's red, click it, turn it gray, turn on the post notifications so you never miss when we upload a video. Leave a like on the video. I know this is a down video. We're I, I'm still down. I don't know about Tanner. We we haven't really talked about it. Leave us a comment. Let us know your thoughts on this game and share the video with your family, friends, other football fans, Bengals fans. If you're coming and checking this out, you may want to just stop after right here. Talk your shit because I'm going to tell you, y'all didn't. I, I'll give you a little bit of credit. Y'all made the plays that you needed to make to finish off the game but y'all 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 did not win this game we gave this game away now tanner tell them i don't know social media yeah follow us on social media uh on twitter titans underscore time on facebook titans time and instagram titans time podcast i'm gonna just i'm gonna go ahead and say it i don't know i don't know i mean they did what they needed to do to win okay so here's and we're gonna dive more into this but before we really get into that, we were talking a little bit before we started the show here, and I'm going to give everyone listening to the audio version of the podcast a little bit of warning. You're not going to be able to see what pops up on the screen, but you may want to turn your volume down a little bit. If you're watching on YouTube, you may have to turn that volume down a little bit, but I want to get, Tanner, your reaction to this video clip that I'm about to play I've seen you turning the volume down a little bit, but Derrick Henry's return. We knew the stadium was going to be crazy, and I'm going to be honest with you. The stadium was like this up until the final kick went through the uprights. 
I mean, it the state this was the best I've ever seen Nissan Stadium. This is the atmosphere that we need to have in Nissan Stadium every home game next this next season. Because it I'm tell I've never seen the stadium like this. So now I'm gonna play whenever they announce Derek Henry coming out of the tunnel for the starting lineup. I don't think they showed this on TV. If they did, yeah, yeah, they did. All right. I don't know how the crowd sounded, but here we go. I mean, if that place had a roof, it would have blown off <laughs> of that stadium. Like, you couldn't even hear the announcer announce Henry coming out. Like, that's how loud it was at that moment. Unfortunately, they, you know, <laughs> that height didn't carry over into a 200-yard game from Derrick Henry. But, I mean, that's what everybody was waiting for. You know, everybody was waiting for, for that moment, Derrick Henry, to come out of the tunnel. And, you know, it's like he's – that is the moment where it kind of all comes together and, and he's back, you know. And, but, and the way he come out of that tunnel, you would have thought oh, he, that – He knew that the place was about to come down. You know? Like it, it was crazy. And, you know, we didn't even hit on this. But, yes, unfortunately – you know, Titan season's over, losing the divisional round of the playoffs to the Bengals, 19 to 16. And I'm going to tell you, I think even though it seems like they haven't learned, a lot of Bengals fans were saying before this game, oh, Burrow, he he shredded that defense last year. He He's going to do it again. Joe Burrow was lucky that he could even see down the field by the end of this game. But, you know, me and you had talked about this some, how how the Titans were going to start this game. And I met up with Titans Rossi before the game, and Titan Upload walked over with them, and I believe uh, Titans for Life, too. All of us walked over together, and we were all talking about, I mean, the first play of the game for the Titans offense. Like, we were like, how is this actually going to pan out? Are they going to go play action, or are they going to give the ball to Henry? You know, we were talking about Bengals' defensive coordinator. Are you like, how do you even get any sleep the night before the game? Because you could drive yourself crazy being like, okay, Henry's coming back. They're, they're giving him the ball the first play of the game. But, hey, what if they know that we're going to think that, so they're going to run play action, and just, you know, going back and forth like that all night. But I can tell you one person who was not confused at all and not worried about it, and that was Bates, I, I believe that's his name, for the Bengals, their safety, because Bengals ran cover three, first play, the linebackers came up on the play action, bid on it, and Bates picked off Tannehill to start the game. And I will say, for that start to the game, like you, you kind of had a had to have a reset in the stands 
because there was all this hype, and then all of a sudden, boom, turnover right yeah. to start out. and All the air just poof. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, you had to hit that reset button and be like, okay, we got to get our defense pumped up here. Well, that didn't really take much. I mean, you know, nine sacks throughout the game, and it's it's not hard to get behind the defense. But, I mean, it's almost like, in a way, like a reverse psychology type of deal because leading up to the game, we were like, okay, Derek Henry's coming back. Everybody knows the ball is going to him. And then I think at some point along the way, it's like, okay, at this point, it's almost to where everybody knows that it's going to be a play action. And, of course, that's what they run. Ryan Tannehill, you know, I'm sure we're going to talk about him a lot throughout the course of this video. Kind of, you know, telegraphed it the whole entire way. And, yeah, hey, I mean, the, the, listen, there's one thing that you've got to give the Bengals props for, defense especially. These guys did their homework. And they, you know, you know regardless of whether Tannehill telegraphed the pass, whatever, these guys on several occasions – knew what was coming now when you have a guy like Todd Downing that is a across the field calling the plays who knows how hard that is to know what's coming I think everybody that's watched the Titans all season long could have probably called that game play by play before it happened so yeah and we'll we'll get into more into Downing in a little bit too and I I had to check just wanting to make sure it was Bates and Bates even said on that interception to start the game he He's, Tannehill was looking him down the whole way. And, you know, I text you right after Tannehill threw that pick, and I said, I think Tannehill was late on this throw. So you factor in being late on the throw, staring Julio down the whole way, and then where some of the blame gets thrown on Downing is if you go back and look at that play, there's no one coming up either the middle of the field or – the if you're looking the way the Titans offense was up the left side of the field there's no one streaking up the field to even draw his attention to that side I mean the only two players running a deeper route were AJ and Julio so well, take, and, and they were this, on the same side take this for example so uh one play that I've always thought was brilliant from the I guess you know previous seasons from the Titans. If you go back to the playoff game that the Titans won against the Ravens, okay, so they ran a play action. I'm sure a lot of people remember the deep shot to Khalif Raymond, um, pr probably what a forty plus fifty plus yard touchdown. Maybe. It, it was it was forty um, something yards. But yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So play action to you know fakes it to Derrick Henry. And I believe it was A.J. Brown. You have coming across the middle of the field from the right side. And Khalif Raymond is just on a streak going deep. So you kind of know, like, a lot of attention is going to be drawn to A.J. Brown coming across the middle. And that's going to pull your safety up a little bit. And that's a perfect example of just what didn't happen here. Because in the first case against the Ravens, which, of course, probably a better thought-out play by what you could probably, you know, 100% say is a better offensive coordinator. The attention comes to A.J. Brown. Safety comes up over the top to Khalif Raymond. Money, you know? 
Um, and then with this play, like you just mentioned, you know, it just like there was only really one place for it to go, and Tannehill was staring it down the whole way. Yeah, and you know that that's not the way you want to start a playoff game against a team with a high-powered offense. But luckily, our defense come to play because that first play for the Bengals' offense, man, Joe Burrow. I mean, if he could have looked forward in this game and, of course, not seen the outcome but just seen what was in store for him, he may have just walked to the sidelines after the first play and been done because you had Danico Autry and Naquan Jones getting back there for a sack. And that really – I mean, the crowd had already got hyped, was being loud, trying to make it hard on the Bengals' offense. That brought all the air back into the stadium for sure, them getting that sack. And, you know, the Titans' defense, they weren't perfect through this game. There were a couple times they really struggled making tackles and getting players like Jamar Chase and some others down. Like, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm screaming, tackle him, wrap up. Like, quit just trying to go for the big kill shot. Wrap him up and stop him. But I believe really the Titans should have had two sacks on uh, the Bengals' first drive, but one of them got taken away because of a delay of game. Now, and, go ahead. Here's my question, right? So the delay of game got – this. I don't know. I haven't really went back and thought about this, but I remember being confused during the game. The delay of game got automatically enforced, right? Yes. So I, I believe. They would have been in a much better position if because see that was on third down. It would have been a fourth down, you just got the sack. Well, I'll say this. The reason the delay of game got the penalty got accepted was because they blew the ball dead. So it okay. was either okay, okay. it was either you let them stay where they were at or back them up five yards. Okay. So that so that's see because er, the, later in the game there was a delay of game on the Titans that ended up being declined. Okay, yep. so they wouldn't have gotten the sack. That makes more sense. Exactly. And so we talked about the Titans' defense, nine sacks. Really, they had 11 on the day, and two of them got taken away. One for this delay of game, and then one for the Bengals taking a timeout. Both cases, you couldn't hear a whistle in the stadium. Also, the, the Bengals were really trying hard to call for a timeout right before the interception that, you know, ultimately won them the game. So Right. And so just little things like that. But the delay of game, I went back. I made myself go back and rewatch this game. And I just want to say for anyone wondering what took us so long to get this video out, record it, a couple days after the game, I still didn't really have a voice. Then you've been dealing with school, you've been sick this week, and I've been busy. So this is really the first chance we've gotten to record. Well, but I think it was good, too, to kind of sit back for a couple of days and just think about it. And no, because it, 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 <laughs> if, you, if, if you had caught me, say, on Monday, the whole, the whole staff, like everybody – all the way from 
whoever all the way down to the water boys and the third string defensive lineman, even though you can't complain about the pass rush, it would clean house. Like I was so (laughs) upset, but I mean, I, I, I was wondering because like I said, we didn't, this is the first time me and you are actually talking about the game aside from a couple of texts back and forth during the game. And like I've, I've been hot all week. I mean, I, I have people at work coming up to me. What happened? Like, don't get me started. Like, and then another guy, another guy that just so happens to be a Ravens fan. He was like, man, I really thought that this was their year. I said, yeah, that I, I did too. I said, I, I just knew that they were going to take care of business. And, and like I said, I made myself today because obviously we're recording almost a week after the game happened. I made myself go back and watch it. And I'm at the point of, I, you know, the, those stages you go through. I, I'm at the point for where when I went back and rewatched this game, it like I was so mad that it was almost comical to me. Like, I, I was driving myself insane because I'm like, how do you waste this defensive performance that the Titans defensive line put on? Tied the record for a playoff game with nine sacks. How do you waste that? The They had five sacks in the first half, and I didn't notice this till I re- rewatched it, but that's the most in a half in a playoff game since 2000, going back to the Music City Miracle, that game. Wow. Like, <laughs> I, I'll just tell you. I mean, I I was never – I mean, I guess you, you describe it as – I don't know. I, I was never, I guess, really mad. But it was just kind of a, like, matter-of-fact in my mind, like, there has to be some drastic changes after this season. And I still haven't really changed my mind on that. I, I, I think that's why I, I've thought that it's so good to kind of take this time and now talk about this is because I, I can't just say, okay, well, this might just be coming off of pure emotion from just being, you know, a day or two out from seeing this game. But now being roughly a week removed, it's like, okay, I still feel like there has to be some actual answers for this because this is the third straight year where there's been real potential. This team has been capable for three straight years of beating any other team in the in the NFL. And that's all you need to win the Super Bowl. It's just to be capable and then execute when you get into the playoffs. And consistently this team has been inconsistent when they get into or no not even inconsistent they have consistently just you know been came up short yeah came up short once you get into the playoffs and there has to be something drastic and i don't know if this is the time to talk about this or not i don't know what what your plans were for at this point in the show exactly but i think that Ryan Tannehill is not going to be the guy that can win a Super Bowl for you. Uh, okay, so I, I do want to save that for a little bit later in the show because I, I want to get through 
more of the game because this just this builds and because I know opinions are split like crazy on Twitter and I want to go ahead and put this out there while it's earlier in the show before we get to that talk I I am happy with how Ryan Tannehill going back to the 2019 season he helped turn that season around he has helped lead us to two division titles this year he was without his weapons he had Todd Downing calling the plays for the offense so that's a hurdle in itself and he was still able to get us to a 12 and 5 record defense did help out a lot in that as well but he he was the he was a consistent force on offense he was out there every game and i think Ryan Tannehill good regular season quarterback he he can do what you need him to do and I, I'm going to stop right there until we get to later in the show. But me mentioning Todd Downing, we talked about this. Titans had to have a fast start in this game. Hell, if they would have had a fast start with how their defense was playing, we would be talking about – we would be doing a preview show right now for the Titans and Chiefs. <laughs> and Todd Downing is the arch nemesis of a fast start. Like I, – I was watching A to Z – and do you know on opening drives how many points the Titans scored through counting counting this game? This game made eighteen. Do you know how many points they scored through eighteen games on the first drive? Ten. Seventeen, but it it felt like ten. <laughs> so that like. You can't start like that. I mean, that's right because they uh, Texans game the the last game of the season, right? They scored first drive of that game. I'm trying to remember with, for with, sure. With right. Foreman, I think. Uh, either way, um, it, yeah. Either way, do you know how many drives it took them to get their first score in this game? It was their um, fifth their fifth drive before yeah, they scored. Yeah. And I want to say this, because I know there's been some Henry talk. Henry should have played against the Texans. Hey, did I not say you, he needs to get out there? He, you could tell he had some rust. Or Absolutely. That. He's not. Okay, listen. Derrick Henry, great NFL running back. Okay. He's not. I, I mean, whatever nicknames you want to give him. Like, he's probably a level above, you know, every running back in the NFL, say with the exception of maybe Nick Chubb, um, and there's a couple of other guys that you would, maybe one or two other guys that you would throw on that same tier. And yeah, Derrick Henry, probably the best physically um, and just purely as an athlete out of all of those guys. Like, he is just a monster. He's he's still human. He's not Superman. Um, you've got to treat him just like you would every other player when it comes to preparation. He should have played against the Texans well, at least 
at least enough to get five to ten carries. The first injury of his career. I mean, he said that. You know, and you're taking. He's had a. He's had screws and a plate put in his foot. Had a plate in his shoe as well. When you're coming back from injury, we've seen it with Lawan and the ACL, and even Bud Dupree and his ACL. First game back is you're trying to still fill out that injury. It's different than practice. If he would have had those five to ten carries against the Texans, we may have seen him look completely different this game. But you could tell that it there were times where he seemed not as confident. Like, and we'll get into this for the second half when we talk about it, but the fourth and one where he got hit. I went back and rewatched that. He stopped his feet. Like, he come up, he seen they were back there, and he hesitated. And I got to look in and the left side of the field, he could have tried to break it outside and would have had one guy to beat to pick up the first down. And Henry, before the injury, or, or Henry that is confident and doesn't have that rust and knows that he can plant that foot and turn, he's going to the left side there, and he's going to fight through that one guy and probably pick up that yard. But he – and there were times where – we had flashes of, you know, okay, he he's going to be completely back from this. He just needed that reassurance because second half, he opened up the second half, he was getting nine-yard runs, eight-yard runs, seven-yard, like uh, he was starting to rip these runs off. But the Titans, he did score the first touchdown for the Titans. And like I said, fifth drive, I'm still – Todd Downing, I, I do not understand you. And then Titans go to kick the extra point to go up by one. Penalty on the Bengals. Titans decide, hey, moving it up to the one, we'll go for two. And this was another thing we kind of talked about a little bit. I just don't understand the logic on this as far as going for two right there. Whether you're up one or up two, you know, it's you can still lose by a field goal. I mean, if if you take that extra point, and I know this if and buts, all that, shoulda, coulda, woulda. But if you do take that extra point into the game, you're up seventeen to sixteen. That final drive, you're playing it completely different from what you were before. Like, there's a there's a completely bigger if than that and it's you know third and one you got two chances to get a first down and the first one you waste with whatever that was it, it was it was a read option i i went back and watched the game i've, I've seen where some people said that it was not an rpo I, yeah uh, they, it's not RPO. They, they they said it was a, a lot of people are saying it was rpo I went back and looked at it. It does not look like an RPO to me. It looks like, because normally those RPOs, Tannehill, if he doesn't hand it to the running back, you know, he's he's dropping back. Yeah. He pulled this with intent to run. 
and I do not understand why he didn't give it to Henry because when I rewatched this game, the first person didn't touch Henry until he was at until he had already gained that yard. And listen, I get it. Like the the read option is a play that I've called for a lot this year. It's a great unexpected play that can get really above of yards. Above expected returns in, you know, situations where you can kind of take on that risk. But when you have two downs and you need to get a first down in one of those two downs, it's not necessarily – and if it works, he's, you know, maybe not so much on the hot seat, right? But just a simple sneak or two Derrick Henry runs up the middle in a row, like stick with what is – going to be most likely to get that yard into it, even if it takes two plays well we're like everyone else you look at that third down it's not even third in a yard it's third in like a foot you qb sneak that every time unless yeah. you're tied down i mean because they're not going to stop that you qb sneak it new set of downs you're good to go but Going back to the going for two, like I, said, I, I just don't, I don't get it. It, if it puts you up by three, then yes, okay, do that, because then it's a, technically then it's a one score game. But I, I don't get that. I don't know. I'm not so much against it as, as you are, but I'm, I'm, I'm probably more pro take chances, take risks than most people would be. Uh, when it comes to fourth downs and two point conversions, um, but e- even well, and I, I mean, I don't know. Look, I will say that it's not like Henry was very far away from getting it. I'm a guy come off of the left edge and just so happened to get to Henry like a half step early. That kept Henry from being able to make reach the plane or breaking the plane, but. Either way, it comes back to bite you because then instead of being up one, it's a tie game, and all you've let the Bengals do is kick field goals. Well, let me throw out this scenario, right? So say that the Titans did get that, um, and then it's eight to nothing, right? So Eight to six. Eight to six, sorry. So then say that the Titans – Go on and score again. I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to find a way to rationalize it in my mind to where later yeah, on. I, it I, well, I get what you're saying. Like, okay, say you go later on, Titans score again before the Bengals do. They kick the extra point. They're up 15 to six. The Bengals score a touchdown, makes it 15 to 12. If they kick the extra point, they're down two. If they go for two, they're still down one. If they go for two and don't get it, then, you know, they're down three, so it's still that field goal. But, again, that early in the game, I just – I really don't understand it because it it didn't help anything. In my mind, that early in the game, you go ahead, take the lead. Like I said, if it puts you up by three, then I could understand it more. But this seems like a good time now to 
take a break from talking about the game, per se, and go into our best bets segment presented by DraftKings. And, Tanner, we're heading into the conference championship weekend. I mean, only four teams remain in the NFL playoffs, and that means that there's only four teams left for you to bet on on the DraftKings Sportsbook, and they are an official sports betting partner of the NFL. So counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. All you have to do is bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. Now, in order to do that, new customers, you're going to have to use promo code TPPN at sign up. I mean, <laughs> that sounds like uh, some pretty good odds to me there. I mean, if I was a new customer, I would definitely take advantage of it. This, you know, we obviously don't give betting advice, so I would hate to tell you who to bet on, but feel like it's going to be Chiefs. It's going <laughs> to be the Niners and Bengals. Oh, hey, all right, we're going to we'll hop into that more here in a minute. <laughs> but if you're not a new customer, don't worry. DraftKings, they they got you covered because you can experience the conference championship games with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. All you, again, all you have to do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN at sign up and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN. For 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so let's get into, I guess, the moment that we will be crowning you the better betters. Uh, as <laughs> I Better, betters. Okay. As we officially close out the window and, for the best bets for this season. And no matter how we would have went about it, if we kept it with the regular season or if we broke it apart into its own, even if we would have done double points for this one, things just did not work out in your favor No, no. <laughs> in this game. I mean, I believe you took the over on points. And you also went with a DraftKings special that they had out for Henry and Mixon to combine for 150 or more rush yards. And I'm going to look now. Mixon had 54 rush yards, most of which he did get in the second half. And Henry had 62. So didn't... Didn't work out for you there. And to cover my two bets, unfortunately, I did take the Titans to cover two and a half points. I thought they were going to win by three. So that one went out the window. But I took advantage of another DraftKings special, and they had Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, A.J. Brown, and Julio all over 50 yards receiving. 
man, it, it came down to the wire. Julio had like 40-something yards before his final catch. And he got that final catch that took him over 50. And I want me some money off of that one. So, And, and I have to say, you've hit on probably I, a few, maybe more than a few, that have been better, uh, like way better odds than just sitting at plus 400 even. So if you tracked your balance throughout and you just bet on all of your best bets, $1, $2, whatever, one standard bet across all of them, you would probably have come out this season pretty profitable. Yeah, I mean, if if you look at it, as far as percentage-wise, I was right at 50%, right, or maybe a little bit over 50%. But then, like you said, some of these odds, I mean, I'll just say, I bet $3 on that DraftKings special for all those guys to hit 50 yards, 50 yards receiving, and 118. And, of course, afterwards, I'm kicking myself like, man, I should have put more down on that. Well, at the like, time, you're like, okay, like T, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Julio, like four guys over 50. Okay, I don't, I don't know. about. I mean, that's a tough one to put down, you know, 10 15 $20 on. But, obviously, you know, you're looking at it, afterwards. I mean, like, man, I could have won like 70 80 bucks. Yeah. So, but, I mean, either way, I, I'll take it. And, like you said, some of the ones that I threw out there this year, the odds were a little bit better on. So, you know, I, I may have come out a little bit more – profitable on them but now i want to get to what you were saying you're thinking it's going to be the Bengals and 49ers yeah i mean i think it would make so obviously you have the rematch super bowl niners chiefs it, it makes sense um but joe burrow is a young elite quarterback in this in this league and between him and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen in the AFC you have a trio that the NFL probably hasn't seen in the same conference since I mean Manning Brady well, and Roethlisberger and you're leaving a guy out, really, that, you know, he he hasn't made that splash yet, but he's right there in Herbert. Oh, yeah, for sure. I love Herbert. I mean, that, that's as four far, guys. As far as, as far as getting deep into the postseason, right, and making these matchups in the AFC well, championship. Now, well, hang on. Hold on, hold on. Here's where I'm going to slow you down a little bit because, yeah, props to the Bengals, props to Joe Burrow. Second year, he's made it to the AFC Championship game, but he's, he's you, there. No, yeah, but look, you got to pump the brakes just a little bit because you're you're calling him, you know, elite here. Where you have you have Dude, Josh Burr, Allen, Burrow's he, he, elite. He's he's got. I'm not. All right, putting this out there, not taking anything away from him, but when it comes to the postseason, you have Allen who he's put together you know, a couple years in the playoffs here. This this is the Bengals' first year in the playoffs. Right. Hell, these are their first two playoff wins in 31 years. Right. This past week was their first road playoff win 
Before that, they were like 0 and 8. So, but you look at him compared to Mahomes. He's he's been, I think, to the championship four times and won three of them. All right, so let now let me let me spin this to you now, okay? So Mahomes has had ridiculous success. Like obviously, Chiefs have ran the AFC. So, what better way to set up this rivalry? Because Burrow's elite. Whether you, I feel like whether you like it or not, like the dude is a good quarterback, and he's young, and not only that. But he has that likable personality that is going to make the NFL even more money. So, like the odds are in this guy's favor. You, can, I mean, I can I, see, look, I can see where you cannot like the guy from a standpoint of like, okay, he just beat our team, right? And you don't like to see him celebrating what just made you, you know, upset, whatever. But like, he's a likable guy. So, what better way to set up this rivalry? than for Burrow to come in his first time in the playoffs. They're on this run. They knock the Chiefs off, make it to the Super Bowl. Who knows who wins at that point? But you have now set up this great rivalry that Josh Allen is is kind of third-wheeling. Like, yeah, they easily could have been in that AFC Championship game, and he's a guy that is going to be fighting to get back into there next year. You have this, You have this trio of quarterbacks that are, you know, duking it out to, to make it to the Super Bowl every year out of the AFC side. And who knows, maybe you attract Aaron Rodgers to the two-tone blue, and <laughs> he throws his hat in the ring too. So, right now that rivalry in the AFC, I, I get what you're saying. That rivalry is Allen and Mahomes. Oh, yeah, for sure. That, but that's – that, no, that, is, is, that's no that's that's gonna be the one that's set up burrow is gonna and this may be a hot take i may be completely wrong burrow is going to be the ben roethlisberger of this group no dude josh yes. allen screams ben roethlisberger no, josh allen no 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 literally like no. his body frame the way that he plays like he oozes I, I'm Ben not Roethlisberger. Talking, I'm not talking about body frame, all of that. I'm talking about the success that they're going to have. The Bengals will make the playoffs with him, this and that. Yet he may get you a Super Bowl or two. But and I know when you talk about Manning, he only has a couple rings. But that Manning and Brady rivalry, that is what's starting to form between Allen. And Mahomes, you you get where I'm coming from? Because I, I do. They, I do. They've, but I, they've, I think they've you're already they've on already Burrow. started having their battles here. I know, but but I think you're sleeping on Burrow. All I right, do. well, but okay, we're this is a this is a talk for a whole nother podcast here. But hey, we're, Bengals, 49ers. I, I I'm putting my prediction out there. Chiefs so we'll see how it goes. Chiefs Rams. Because I I think it sets it up. Last year, you had the Buccaneers, first team to play in their home stadium for the Super Bowl. Out in L.A., Rams have went all in. You have Matt Stafford out there. 
never want to And wouldn't it, would, that would just be great to see that guy I, I'm gonna be get a, what he deserves. I, obviously, going back to the Rams-Titans Super Bowl, like, I get the hatred for the Rams. I'm pulling for the Rams, though, solely because of Stafford. I, I want to see the guy get one. I mean, just simple as that. But, uh, because that's what ultimately is, is going to push him to that Hall of Fame status. Yeah, and you know he has <laughs> – it's funny throwing this out there considering Brable's press conference the next day, but Stafford has elite toughness. Don't know if you've seen that Brable press uh -uh, conference no. or anything. That's how he started off talking about Tannehill is elite toughness. And, like, yet you have to give Tannehill his props. He took a beating this year. I mean, I think he was sacked 40-something times, like 47. And 48 if you count the playoff game. And he was out there every game. But Stafford, dude, dislocating like his, next level tough. Yeah, dislocating his arm, going back, going back in, throwing either the two point conversion or whatever it is that time. Just, I, I want to see Stafford get one. That, Stafford that's is point. the type of guy that you would see on the injury report with like, literally, like something fractured in his spine or something, and he was still, <laughs> he would still like it's questionable. He's not even out. But, yeah, I mean, he gave so much of his prime career to a subpar organization, and I, I, he deserves a Super Bowl. Uh, he does. And, okay, so coming back to this Bengals-Titans game, there's really only a couple, only a couple things in the second half I want to hit on. Titans' run defense, for the most part throughout the whole game, was crazy how good it was. Bengals opening drive, Mixon got a little bit going. He was able to get him a rushing touchdown. Titans come out to start their first drive of the second half, and, man, it's looking so promising. You have Derrick Henry ripping off a couple big runs, and then you have Foreman who rips off a 45-yard run, and that you feel the energy in the stadium. It's it's building up. You're like, okay, they're fixing to go score a touchdown here. Get down to, I believe it's the uh, nine-yard line or something like that. Yeah, the get down to the nine-yard line. Like I said, Foreman just had this big run. You would think, give it to him again. He, he's, he's starting to shred this defense a little bit. No. Todd Downing decides to go back to an RPO and No Flags Film on Twitter broke this down really good. This RPO that he went to, he used the exact same formation that he used earlier in or in the first half where Hilton almost made a play on it in the first half. When he when they ran this RPO in the first half, do you know how many yards they gained off of it? Uh, like what three? Three. So you get down to I the nine. That. You get down to the nine yard line after a big form and run. Give him the ball again, or put Derrick Henry in. Give him the ball. You're you're starting to wear this defense down a little bit. 
And there's even been a video out where Hilton is talking on the sidelines. And he said, I'm going to pick it. They knew that it was going to be coming again. And instead of changing up the formation or anything, same exact formation, he knew it was coming. He showed us nickel blitz. He started coming in. He knew Tannehill was going to throw it. He even said that on the side. He's like, he's going to throw it. He widened the path that he was taking. And Tannehill still tried to throw it over him, tipped it up, picked it off. Second interception for Tannehill. Now, the majority of that blame is going to Todd Downing. Yeah. For being that freaking obvious, running out of the same formation, running an RPO at the nine-yard line when you're in position for at least a field goal. Like, at that point, I don't care if you run it three times and have to settle for the field goal. That's better than the interception. But it looks and, fancy, and it looks good on your resume if it works. And, but I am going to put a little bit on Tannehill because as I rewatched that game, before Tannehill ever turns the ball, the ball loose, I'm like, you can see him widening out. This isn't like a you know, defensive tackle or someone like that that you can try and throw over or put it up out of their reach. Even if he got it over Hilton, Rodgers, I don't think, would have gained anything. And it may have been picked off by the Bengal safety. Because with the way Tannehill would have had to float it up, that ball would have been in the air a long time. You see him widen out. Why not tuck that ball and just run up the middle? Not saying you're going to pick up a lot, but it's better than a turnover. Or just drop, take the loss. Like yeah, your place I mean, blown up anyway. So, so I, I, I just I don't get that. And then of course, Titans, couple possessions later, get a break, tip ball, and Amani Hooker makes a hell of a play to pick it off. I'm talking to people in the stands. There's a guy next to me, and he's like. Man, it, it hit the ground. I said, yeah, but look at it. I said, he has his hands on both sides of it, and the ball doesn't move. I said, he got his hands on it before it touched the ground. I said, now, if it would have touched the ground and moved, then, yeah, it it's not a pick. I said, but that ball didn't move. That's an interception. And, you know, I, I did message you because it was before they showed the replay in the stadium. I was like, did he get it? And you were like, yeah, he got it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of those where, like, obviously the announcers were back and forth on it, whatever. But, like, what you said is exactly right. Like, there was – I didn't think there was any question of whether or not he got it. Uh, I mean, he had control of it, whatever, hit the ground. But, like, he had a strong enough grip on it that, like, it wasn't coming out of his hands. Uh, Amani Hooker, one of those guys, I think he played, like, excellent uh aside from maybe like some tackling issues i don't know i didn't go back and watch well, the game but he had I, I think he played a great game like you can put him up there in that like status with the pass rush and be like you know you feel bad for these guys because they played so great like you said 
Hooker, he did play great because the Bengals drive before he got the interception. Burrow threw a pass to T. Higgins that was right at the sticks and probably would have been a first down. And Hooker come in and laid a hit and knocked the ball out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, Hooker so, was responsible for, I think it was Jamar Chase that um, had like a breakaway play and Hooker got in front of him to yeah, slow him down. Yeah, and got in front Cunningham. of him. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, Ho- Hooker was all over the place. And his interception set up what I believe was Ryan Tannehill's best throw of the game. Actually, I oh. know it was. Back shoulder to A.J. Brown. Great ball placement. Hell of a catch. I mean, A.J. literally just had to turn his hand out and let it fall right into the bread basket. I mean, it, it was simple as that. And before I forget, I do want to hit on this. I don't know what has happened to Ryan Tannehill's deep ball this year, aside from this one that we talked about and maybe in the Kansas City game where he dropped a couple in the bucket. But there have been plays where he's had Julio wide open, streaking down the field. Would have been a walk-in touchdown, any overthrows him. This game, early in the game, he had a shot to A.J. on a play action. A.J. had two steps on the corner. He overthrew him. There was another play, A.J. coming across the middle deep, where if Tannehill puts it out in front of him, A.J.'s probably breaking away for a touchdown. and But he puts it kind of right on him, a little bit behind him, and A.J. has to slow down. He gets tackled. And then there was another one where I don't know if it was just a lapsing coverage by the Bengals or what, and I know this was earlier in the game as well. A.J. called a long ball and got tackled down because he had to stop and wait on it to get there. So, you know, like I said, I want to give Tannehill props for that one throw to A.J. because it was right where it needed to be. But that was definitely his play of the game. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, it just goes back to a lot of things. Like Tannehill, like you can't argue this season he's seen some regression. And there's been, like, yeah, he hasn't had the most help at times. But your quarterback is, you know, supposed to be the guy that you you can rely on kind of regardless. Um, I, I mean, great quarterbacks take Tom Brady, for example. And I know that's a hard guy to compare somebody <laughs> to. Like it's hard to live up to Tom Brady, but he could, he's a guy that can make do with whatever he has. Like he makes his receivers better. I think that a lot of times instead of Tannehill being a guy that makes his receivers better, he is often a recipient of, you know, what can his receivers give him? Well, and I want to go over this one last thing, and then we're going to get into more Tannehill talk. Sorry, guys, this is going to be a longer pod because I think we both have some stuff to get off our chest, and especially with the team going forward. But Titans' last drive, for one, I don't think their clock management was that good. They had two timeouts going into this. It started with two minutes and 40 seconds left. And by the time they started getting around midfield, really wasn't even that midfield, 
there was less than a minute left. Like, I, I don't really understand what was going on there with the time management. But coming down to their last uh, drive, like I was saying, Julio catches a pass that gets them to the 35. And I believe after he caught that pass, he come off the field and he wasn't back out there anymore. And I really do not get that. You know, biggest drive of the game, Julio and AJ should not be coming off the field. Like, Downing should not be taking them off the field unless they are hurt. Simple as that. And coming down to the third down play where Tannehill threw his third interception, this makes two years in a row where Tannehill has went to not his star players in a key situation. You think back to the Baltimore game last year, because I went back and I looked at the last play for the Titans of that game. He tried to throw to Khalif Raymond. Khalif Raymond slipped. It got picked off. You look at the left side of the field, A.J. Brown had beat man coverage. Streaking up the field. All he had to do was look left. He had time. He could have hit A.J. in stride and they could have scored in that game. This game, A.J. wasn't open like he was taking attention in the middle of the field. Julio wasn't out there. He tries to go to NWI. Eli Apple was all over the route. He knew it was coming. Batted it up in the air. Made a play on the ball. A lot of people were calling for pass interference, but as much as I would have loved for that to have been called and extended the drive, I think he was just making a play on the ball and was in good position. But if you look, Tannehill had several options. He had Ferkser right in front of him. Like, yeah, he was only like a yard or two in front of the line of scrimmage. But if he throws it to him, the Titans probably pick up the first down because the closest defender was like eight yards away from Ferkser. So he could have probably fought through that, got the first down. Or at least got it close to where they could punt and pin, pin the Bengals deep. Tannehill also had Hilliard to his left. Granted, right at the line of scrimmage, but if he would have threw it to him, Hilliard probably could have caught it on the run with a little bit of space. Same situation as Ferkser. Or Tannehill also had enough room that he could have escaped the pocket and either ran to try and get the first down like we've seen him do several times throughout the year or at least buy some time for, I mean, it's scramble drill at that point. Receivers can do whatever, find an open spot. Something, he could have done something different, but I feel like when he walked up to the line, he already knew where he wanted to go with it, and he was locked in on it. My wife's been saying this to me all year long. She's, Tannehill gets the play call, and he sticks with it. He, he doesn't change that play call up. I don't know if he doesn't have clearance to do that at the line of scrimmage. Like you look at that third and one that we talked about, the fourth down play. Like 
you take an Aaron Rodgers, a Tom Brady, someone like that, they're changing that play call to what they know is going to work. And Tannehill also has a bad habit of whoever his hot receiver is in these critical moments, whoever that play's designed for, that's who he's going to. I, I just, I. And that leads us into the next topic of, of the show, which, I, I mean, you could make it more broad than just talking about Tannehill. And let's just say, so where do we go from here? Because just to, to kind of lay down the, the foundation again, this is three seasons in a row. This team has been good enough to potentially go win a Super Bowl and has came up short. And yeah, now this is the point where teams begin to make a decision. There have been a lot of teams throughout the history of the NFL that have been good teams, and then they come up short, come up short. There becomes a breaking point where you say, okay, we're, we're right there. We got to make some type of substantial move that will either push us to that next level or, you know, maybe it sets us back a little bit. But it's better than staying stationary where we're almost there but can't quite make it. We have a Super Bowl caliber team. Like, this is our window. The only difference is we don't have the quarterback to get us there. And that's hard for me to say because I have been a Tannehill defender. And that's why I said earlier, I am grateful for what Tannehill has been able to do with this team. Two division titles. But, and if this next year or however long that Tannehill is the quarterback of this team, he's going to have my support. I'll support him. Regular season, I know he'll get done what needs to be done. But when it comes to the postseason, I've said this about other quarterbacks, he's going to have to prove me wrong now. Because as of right now, when it comes to the postseason, I do not believe that he can get us to a Super Bowl and win it. Unless Derrick Henry has 170-plus yards in every game. Well, and that just comes down to, you know, if a team really wants to stop Derrick Henry, they will, and they'll leave it up to Tannehill. Um, Mentioning Henry, sorry, I'm jumping back to the game. There was one run where I thought Henry was fixing to ice the game. It was, I I can't remember if it was to, it was to start their last drive. He busted it to the outside. There was one defensive back. The defensive back was coming high on Henry. Henry loaded up, was fixing to hit that stiff arm, and I'm telling you, all he had in front of him was green grass. He was about to hit everyone new. He's about to hit that stiff arm, and in true Henry fashion, he is going to ice this game and take it the distance. He loaded up. It looked like the defensive back slipped a little bit, and that caused him to be just a little bit further away than Henry expected. Henry went to go forward, and it caused him to slip. And he only picked up three yards. 
Well, that that would have been a a good way to end it. Um, but I, I'm going to break this kind of down into two different things, I guess. Um, what needs to happen, I think, and what I think realistically could happen. So, scenario number one, what I think needs to happen, you get rid of Downing, find someone who knows uh, what the goal of the offense is, which is to score points, not to just do, you know, whatever, run the, run the clock out. A lot of people are saying Tim Kelly. He's not with Houston anymore. Whoever it's got to be, you know. Um, I, I just go get someone who – go get someone who knows how to run offense. Go get someone who is – I don't, I don't know. Just not Todd Downing. Get someone who's willing to recognize where they're, I guess, coming up short and can adapt to that. I think that's what makes a great coach more than anything else. Second, get rid of Ryan Tannehill at whatever cost it takes and make the whatever blockbuster move, whatever you need to do to put a guy behind center that can win a Super Bowl. Because I'm telling you, I don't know when it's going to be, but there's going to come a time when Derrick Henry is no longer going to be the running back that we have seen in, you know, his peak playoff performance when he when he was, you know, running all over the Patriots, running all over the Ravens, and then obviously his 2,000-yard season as well. That season could be next season. I, I know a lot of people aren't really, like, ready to face that. He's coming off of an injury. Next season could be the season that it comes to, you know, fruition that Henry's not exactly Henry anymore. It could be the I, season after that. I, I disagree, but go ahead. <laughs> it could be the season after that. But, you know, father time for running backs is sometimes unpredictable. And one thing that is predictable about it is that it comes earlier than just about every other position. So you need to get a guy as quickly as you can that can win it. Now, what realistically could happen, get a better offensive coordinator, run it back with Tannehill because he does have a tricky contract. So I think that's sort of the easy way out is to get in the, get another offensive coordinator and say, listen, here's what we believe the problem is. We have faith in Tannehill and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I can run one more year with him because he's a good quarterback. And while he's not going to go and win you a Super Bowl, maybe a combination of your defense and Derrick Henry with a reasonable quarterback like Tannehill and an offensive coordinator that can really put him into good positions. Maybe that will win you a Super Bowl. Maybe the stars align and there is a scenario there. So I'm okay with that. But I will say this. If Todd Downing, I don't know what the whole Mike, I have not paid any attention necessarily to the press conferences other than what I've seen, um, as far as Vrabel saying that Downing's a great coach, if Todd Downing is still the offensive coordinator for this team next season, that is a complete and utter failure for the coaching staff and the front office of the Tennessee Titans. And 
someone has to answer for that. And like, like in my mind, 100%, Todd Downing is, is going to be gone. And if that doesn't happen, I just don't know where I see this team, honestly. Like, if they can't see that he needs to be out the door, then I don't know if I can – I mean, I believe it's a waste of time to continue watching the team next season. If they can't see that he has been such a big problem. Wow, Get, getting some feelings out there. Um, I am – I'm nervous that they are going to give Downing another shot. Um, and – I know a lot of people have been saying that they're they're almost trying to compare it to, or they're not almost. They're saying, look what happened with Shane Bowen. Defense was bad last year. Now look at them this year. Different you have to field. look at what they did well, to the defense. Well, on, the defense was that. bad because of the players that were on the defense. Well, well, and I know hey, that I talked some crap about Shane Bowen, but they completely revamped that defense. That's why it's been great but this year. Here's, yes, they did that. The other thing. Because we talked about this several times last year. We said, we don't know if it's Vrabel to blame for the defense, if it's Shane Bowen, whoever it is. Like, we don't know. The biggest difference was Shane Bowen did not actually have that defensive coordinator title. And it does make a difference because now he's going around meeting with all the position groups. He's getting them all together. They're all on the same page. Whereas last year, he was just still the outside linebacker coach. That was his title. So he wasn't going around and meeting with all these other groups. So that's a completely different situation because, yes, you can make, I guess, the argument for Downing, well, look at all the players on offense they were missing this year. You know, he was kind of set up. No, he had all of his players for this playoff game. He had all of his stars, and he still couldn't make it work. He was so predictable with his play calling. Here's the and thing that he, I will say. He, he has the title of offensive coordinator, so he's been able to lead all the meetings. Even more than that, here's what I'll say about why this is completely different than the Shane Bowen situation. Todd Downing was not only terrible for the Titans this season, Todd Downing was terrible for the Raiders. The one season that he was there. The one season that he was there. And they were smart enough to say, hey, this guy is bad news. Like, he could completely, like, wreck our offense. And, you know, Derek Carr is not a bad quarterback. So, like, if we get a guy in here that can do something with this offense, like, we should be in at least okay shape. Um, Don't get me wrong. Raiders aren't going to be going to win any Super Bowl with Derek Carr. But they're a terrible team if they have Todd Downing as the offensive coordinator. So now, want to hit on this, and this will be the last thing we hit on because we've went a lot longer than we usually do on these shows. But again, there was a lot to unpackage, a lot of feelings that we needed to get out there because we haven't been able to talk about this. Uh, I mean, I've told everyone at work that will listen to me what my thoughts are, and I'm sure my wife is tired of hearing me talk about it. Um but a lot of people are talking. Make a deal with the Packers or make a deal with the Seahawks. Or draft a quarterback. 
in an early round, put pressure on Tannehill. And I think you mentioned Tannehill's contract, everything. I don't know that anything could get worked out for Rodgers. I don't know that Green Bay would want to take on Tannehill since it looks like they're about to start a rebuild. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they, they, but may, hear me out. they may take him to push Jordan Love a little bit. Exactly. But, Jordan Love has been terrible. But if a deal were to possibly get worked out, I think that Seattle might come closer to doing something than Green Bay would. I, I could be wrong. I, Me, personally, I think more than likely we're going to see Tannehill leading this team next year. Yes. And again, if that's the case, he has my full support. And But if it came down to the Titans trying to make that blockbuster move, I think Seattle and Russell Wilson might be more of where it goes. And, you know, which this will be a show that we get into more possibly this next week or something like that. Titans... Their cap situation right now is not looking the best. They're going to have to make some tough decisions. We may be talking about seeing a different offensive line this next year. Well, that's I, probably not a terrible thing in some ways. Uh, in, in some ways, but I'm, I'm going to kind of leave a cliffhanger here. Either something's going to happen with Lawan or something's going to happen with Roger Saffold. Saffold, all day. The tackle stuff not working out the past couple years kind of pushes that narrative more. Because Isaiah Wilson, we know how that worked out. Questenberry was not a good right tackle. So you're going to need Raidens to plug in there this next year. You don't want to use another first-round pick on a tackle to try and replace Lawan, I personally want Lawan back. I, I do. Re- find a way to change his deal up to where it helps the cap out. And even, I know Roger Saffold's getting older. He went down a lot uh, over this season. He's going to get surgery on his shoulder. You know, maybe find a way to change his contract up some, but... We'll, like I said, we'll leave that for another day. We're, we've already been going on for well over an hour here. So I don't know if you have anything else you want to throw out about this game or Todd Downing, Ryan Tannehill, but that's actually all I have. Um, n- not really anything other than if Todd Downing doesn't have to answer for bringing the team down this season, then I'm out. <laughs> oh, I'm out. On, I'm man. out on the Titans. Come if, on. If Todd Downing's not if Downing's not out, I'm done. One more thing I did think of. I will say, as close as the Titans were in 2019 to making it to the Super Bowl, this loss here, I think, sticks. And it yes, it's the most recent loss, 
but it is going to stick with me so long. Like it's just, it, it's a heartbreaking loss because of the way the defense played. The defense deserves so much better for how they played. I mean, I, I, I think about it every day several times. Nine sacks. Nine. And then you have Quentin Spain or whatever his name is for the Bengals trying to talk crap on Twitter to Simmons. Like, oh, if he's a real one, he'll tell you what I said. Like, dude, your offensive line gave up nine sacks. Simmons dominated <laughs> your old line. Like, you cannot be talking it like that. And apparently, here, you said the Bengals are going to make it to the Super Bowl. I'll tell you why they're not going to make it. They got a game coming up with the Chiefs on Sunday. We're recording this on Friday. So, two days. They're still talking about the Titans, making comments about how the Titans were scared to play them. Like, apparently, y'all were watching a much different game from us because it looked like Joe Burrow was scared of the Titans' defense to me. And you called Joe Burrow elite, meant to mention this earlier. Got to give the dude props. Apparently, during the game, his headset, or the, you know, where they call the plays down to him in his helmet, it went out. And he called his own plays on that drive. And they worked. Dude's elite. Like, so I, I got to give him props and you're, for that. You're, and you're calling him Ben Roethlisberger. Like, but come Big on. Ben, Big Ben was good. He was good. He was good. But that's the most Peyton Manning thing I've ever heard in my whole entire life. Or Brady. Whatever. <laughs> the dude is uh, – he's one of the next great quarterbacks. And I hate to say that, but no, I, 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 mean, I like the, the guy. Let's say the biggest difference is – between these guys and Brady, Manning, and Roethlisberger, all these guys are athletic and can run. Too. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, so that, yeah, that, that's, that is all I got. Yeah, that's all I got, too. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this video. Thanks for watching. This has been Titans Time, and as always, Titan up.